Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Audio is rolling. Welcome. <laughs> Not just audience in Canada. Audiences everywhere across the world, hopefully one day, maybe, to episode 68 of the Degenerates Clubhouse. One more episode before episode 69. I mean, in, in the Degenerates extended universe, that has to be a very, very special episode, Armando. Do you have any ideas about what we should do for the, the penultimate 69 episode penultimate so meaning for today's and not for the next one no i'm saying should we what, what should we do for the this episode 69 and i don't i don't think i used the word penultimate correctly there but it sounded impressive and important so i went with it yeah um for 69 we should do a review of and this is just off the top of my head i haven't done a lot of thinking just by the way we should review like the top five best 69 scenes in in porn we've seen in porn <laughs> see i was on, i was on board if you're like oh in movies or okay movies movies just I, just in entertainment ever i uh, you, you and then you said in porn and i'm like i suddenly had a f- uh, a picture of uh, the two of us watching <laughs> porn together no. and giving like reactions and commentaries i'm like mondo that might be a. We're good friends. I don't know if I'm ready for that. St- the 69 porn watching stage of a relationship quite yet. Dude, the first time, the first time, I watched porn, mm-hmm. like a video was with a bunch of dudes. I was like, I was like 10, 12 years old. I don't know. And we had a neighbor whose like older brother had like porn video, porn tapes, VHS tapes. And whenever like everyone was gone to work or some shit, and we it was like during the summers, and we were just at home bored. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, like six neighborhood guys, like all all of our all my age, all around the same age, we'd go to this guy's place and like play this porn. <laughs> and I the the most memorable thing about that porn was not the sixty nine scenes. Mm-hmm. It was uh, there was this woman that took like a a high heel shoe uh-huh and you could imagine what she did with the high heel shoe with the fucking heel it was it was kind of ballroom dancing yeah it was kind of cool to watch but it's kind of like at the same time like you're in a room for a bunch of dudes and you get a boner <laughs> well so the the first time i watched porn was on my computer by myself like god intended <laughs> like normal like normal men like, like the good world if, if you read uh, somewhere in the new testament it says and god decreed on this day you should watch porn by yourself by yourself and not other dudes um but when i was in maybe eighth or ninth grade uh we had this one friend who was like super rich kind of a weird kid and his dad just let him do whatever so we were over at his, his house for a sleepover I don't, I don't remember his dad even being there. And it was this huge house where like half the rooms were empty because they just never, they didn't need him. It was just him and his dad. And not surprisingly, this little weirdo had porn mm-hmm. and like they put it on and I'm sitting there like, uh, what, why are we watching porn together? <laughs> and then, and then one of my friends like starts beating off while we're sitting there. No. And like, it, it took me a second to realize, I'm like, is, is this dude beating off? Cause you know, it must have been middle school because the second thing I thought was like, wow, he's got a tiny dick. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else right now. <laughs> That's weird. I want to skip this part of the sleepover. I don't know where this is going. What was in that kid's mind to like just beat off in front of other dudes? That's a, I- he, he was like, I'm in eighth grade and I'm super horny and there's porn. I've never seen this before. I can't control my like. I, I had to be in it because he was not a, like not a bad dude at all. I think he got caught up in the moment. And uh, the, the one other thing I do want to add is, uh, as as we have discussed before, uh, when I was in high school, I did run a porn site, mm-hmm. uh, made a lot of money, and companies would just send me, at that point, VHS tapes oh, yeah? of porn. Yeah. No, I told you, I got invited to the AVN Awards as like a special guest. And, wow. Um, but so, <laughs> when I'm going to college, I had all these fucking VHS porn tapes. Nice. I'm like, what do I do with them? And I told one of my friends, Micah, I'm like... I was like, dude, I, I'm just gonna probably throw all these away. He's like, what? What are you? What? Yeah. You can't throw away 
a whole bunch of porn tapes. He's like, give them to me. Yeah. I will take them. I will be the, the keeper of the porn videos. So <laughs> before, before I go to college, I, I drive over to Micah's house and I, I just had this big black garbage bag filled with porn VHS tapes, and I wrote a, a label on it that said "Bago Porn," and nice. that was the happiest I ever saw. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was gifted a bag of porn once. I, I felt kind of weird by taking a bag of porn, and then I made use of them, like you know, for a couple months, and then I just, I just dumped them out. I was like, I, I don't know what to do with all this. It's a lot of '70s porn and Harry Bush and <laughs> sure. So, so I, I think uh, certainly in those specific instances, I think we both lived up to the title of degenerate. Uh-huh. But there have also been some greater, grander degenerates through the course of history. And today, in Degenerate's history, we're going to learn about some of the first dildos. The uh, article title is, Is Cleopatra's Bee-Powdered Gourd... Powered. Power. Powered. Gourd. What did I say? Powdered? Powdered. (laughs) Is Cleopatra's Bee-Powered Gourd the first vibrator? Uh, (laughs) uh, So let's see. Let's see Let's see what this article says. Human minds are inarguably exceptional. As a result, humans have invented it all, from the invention of the light bulb, automobiles, vehicles, you name it. Have you ever wondered who invented the first vibrator? I hadn't until now, and I'm intrigued, sir. Continue. (laughs) Number one. Think of all the inventions you know that are credited to ancient Egypt. You probably would name these. Pyramids, mummification, hieroglyphs, list goes on, but you probably wouldn't think of a woman's vibrator. The story of the first vibrator dates back to Cleopatra's era, the Egyptian queen who lived from 69 B.C. to 30 B.C. was well known for her sexual appeal. She was a dirty, dirty girl. She was a dirty slut. Who, you know, who played her? There was like a really early movie about Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. And I remember she was played by like a, a hot but very, very white chick. And I'm like, that is not right. I can't think of it. Who was it? I, you know, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Not important. The important part is that she was a downright freak. Continue. Uh, the, the the Cleopatra's Bee Vibrator story became popular after the release of the Encyclopedia of, of Unusual Sex Practices by Brenda Love in 1992. Uh, imagine Queen Cleopatra. This is part of the an excerpt from the book. So uh, imagine Queen Cleopatra going on about her own business in the nature that surrounds her great place. She spots palace. a palace. Why can't I read? She spots a beehive, and for some reason she gets fascinated by the vibrations the bees make inside the hive. She orders one of her best engineers to make her a small box gourd in a way that lets bees inside shake the walls to generate vibration. This device would also prevent the bees from escaping. The chances are such an incident would only end in pain. There's some question about whether this story is valid or not. Regardless, I don't care. Like, you know how sometimes things get uh, changed in comic books where like, oh no, this is canon now? Uh Uh-huh. For me, this is canon in history. <laughs> Cleopatra was like, I'm going to have some bees fly into a, a gourd, and I'm using that thing as a vibrator. That happened in history. You cannot convince me otherwise now. Uh, Cleopatra is said to have had a small box that could be filled with bees and placed against, placed against her genitals for stimulation similar to that of vibrators. Uh, the lack of tangible evidence of this invention led it to be to being classified as an urban legend. It was and still is repeated by many history fanatics through print and other media. Blah, 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 vibrators. Is this all one article? Oh, okay, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, it's almost over. Sure. Section two, the prehistoric phallic sex toy. Now, if you look into just a picture, Aaron, that looks like a, that looks like a dick. It, it sure does. It looks like a dick that got broken in half because it's two pieces. You know, there's definitely like a shaft. Like, it broke in half. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the shaft, and then the top of it, it looks like a dickhead. It, except the one part, it says, it, the, the caption says, carved phallus made out of chalk. Ooh. And yeah, I mean, that's I think that's better than stone, but I cannot imagine that would be too comfortable. Like, there's got to be some chafing issues if you're using a chalk dildo. No, think of it as like, like you know how like runners use baby powder? To like yeah, try? that's to add friction. Oh, oh! You said baby powder. Baby powder. That lets it keep sweat off. But so there you go. But like when gymnasts like chalk their hands up, that's what I thought. That's that's to add friction. Like chalk makes it harder for things to no. glide. Okay, but check it out. You know, you add women's vagina juice to the equation okay. with, the, with the chalk. Maybe it's not as 
rough down there. I, th- I think what, we're, what you're saying is we, we're going to have to do a practical demonstration. <laughs> we're going to go to like a children's arts and craft shop. We got we got to get get some chalk, carve it. Into we're going to have to figure out how to simulate. Oh, oh, you know what? We, we just just some KY jelly, some children's chalk, and we're going to have to do some practical experiments. Oh, I thought you were thinking of like taking it to a chick and be like, "Excuse me, Miss, would you mind using this and tell me <laughs> tell me about it? Can, can you can we can we record you and your your your." Uh, your reaction to this sensation in your vagina, and tell us how it feels. In, in episode 69 of the Degenerates Clubhouse, <laughs> we, we delve into new and exciting ways to get slapped in the face. <laughs> uh, can, can you please stick this thing of chalk up your puss and tell us what it feels like? Jesus. No, I was, I was, I was, I was going through a more uh, scientific method. So the so the article going back to the article. Oh, by the way, what's up, Greg uh, Davison? I, I know I responded to you on our stream chat youtube stream chat my mom says hi as well hi mom going back to the story according to some historians phallic objects like the one oh by by mom we're talking about penises uh according to some historians phallic objects like the one in the picture above were used for sexual pleasure in the prehistoric age many of these objects were found in german caves by archaeologists you know what it would be the germans wouldn't it <laughs> nine uh the first phallic sex toys date back to early uh, to nearly 28,000 years BC, which means they were used in the Neolithic era. Wow. Anti-hysteria massage vibrators. Many women were getting diagnosed with aggression, mental illness, and unexplained fainting during the Victorian era. This syndrome-like condition was labeled hysteria. The cure was to give massages to the women who came with such conditions. See, this was all a huge scam by some pervs because I think a lot of that was actually attributed to, correctly attributed to the fact that in the Victorian area, they had to wear these super tight corsets, uh-huh. right? Like they wanted to squeeze their bellies so they looked skinny and that they had these hourglass waists. Yeah. But they couldn't freaking breathe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. If you can't breathe because you've got a corset crushing your insides, you're going to faint. Aaron blames it on corsets. I blame it just on straight PMS and being a woman. Wow. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, you you would have fit in perfectly with the misogyny of the yeah, Victorian yeah. area, apparently. Let me massage your vagina. Doctors got tired of manu- manually performing these massages since their number of women w- with hysteria <laughs> kept rising. Thus, in 1883, an English physician, Joseph Mortimer Granville, invented the first electric vibrator. Popular opinion was that these vibrators were used to give healing organ. <laughs> Orgasms to women with hysteria. I love science when we just didn't understand science at all. Yeah, yeah. Leeches, and they're like, you know what? Yeah. We, we, they, just need to, they just need to get their jollies off. We're yeah. inventing a, a medicinal vibrator. Let's yeah. go, Victorians. So, that, so, that makes it, so, you won't, so you won't have hysteria. Stop being a bitch with aggression, mental illness, and all this other stuff. Uh, some historians argue the validity of this legend because no Victorian doctors pre- precisely recorded the use of vibrators to stimulate female private parts for orgasms. Yet Hallie Lieberman, an author and historian, admits that Granville knew that his vibrator could fulfill sexual stimulation purposes. One, also a doctor of the Victoria era, Clelia Mosher talked to women about their experiences and confirmed that some used the newly invented vibrators for their pleasure. God damn it, we have more scientific experiments to conduct. (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am, we're conducting a clinical trial we're going to need very accurate data reports from you possibly videos about about whether uh use of a vibrator helps cure depression this is for science to be clear yeah dude final thoughts a popular legend tells us that queen cleopatra was the first person to invent the vibrator according history that is canon in history (laughs) you can't convince me otherwise According to the historical historical facts, the 83 Granville invention wins the debate of what was the first vibrator. Even though Granville did not use his invention for pleasure purposes on women, he knew of this potential. And obviously, the vibrators used for pleasure outside of medical practices by women of his era and to this day. I added that little part at the end. Um, Wonderful. Wow. We, we, we learned that there's a deep and rich history to the vibrator. Oh, yeah. Like... like even before there were batteries, there were bees. There were bees in a gourd. You just sit on it or something. But there's a wouldn't the bees die? Like if they had nowhere to go. Yeah, eventually. But while they're trying to escape, they're rattling that thing around. Suckers. It'd have to be a very thin gourd. You, you know what? If if it takes sacrificing some bees to get Cleopatra off, that's just what you gotta do. Stink. 
All right, that was it for Degenerate's History. We are now going to... What are we going to? Oh, yeah. Reddit. We're now going to Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reddit question number one. Which one should we do first? They're both... Uh, okay, we'll do this one. What's the worst you've ever been cock-blocked or beaver-dammed? And by the way, Aaron and Reddit taught me that beaver-dammed is the equivalent for women. I'd never heard that term before. I hadn't heard it either. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's perfect. <laughs> so what's the worst you've ever been cock-blocked, sir? That would have been on my 21st birthday. Ooh. I got, I got a not-so-fun birthday gift. Oh, no. And so if I recall, uh, I, think, I think my 21st birthday was on a Saturday. So at midnight, you know, that Friday, that's when I turned 21. And it so happened to be that's when our pledge active was for our fraternity. Meaning, you know, pledge active is during the pledging process, the, the pledges will throw a party for all the actives. The actives usually bring a date. It, you know, it's a good time. The pledges are, are responsible for sort of serving them, um, running the whole party, yada, yada, yada. And I, I decided that this would be the one time for my whole run of uh, college drinking career that I would drink when I had a practice, a lacrosse practice the next day. I never did. That was the one and only time I did. Even to the point where like, I was telling some teammates like, yep, like I'm going to go out tonight. No big deal. Like I'll see you tomorrow, but I'm, I'm going to get into it a little bit. That was my thought process. Yeah. I also found a date. Uh, there was a, a attractive young lady who, I had self-clock blocked myself when I was a freshman. <laughs> I, I think I probably had a chance with her. But I saw her just randomly, because I, I, I think she had graduated at that point, but I saw her working out in like the, the little gym in our rec center. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh, maybe I see an opportunity yeah. to right a past wrong. I will correct the error of my ways. And I just, just spontaneously saw her and I was like, hey, do you want to go to this pledge active? Like, would love to bring you as a date. That was probably the most decisive I ever was in my life about asking out a girl. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I'd love to go. Amazing. <laughs> yes. See, it happens. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. And, um, like, I was I was in a great mood at this Pledge Active. I'm going to be 21. I have a hot date. Like, I can't remember the girl for some reason. You have to show me a picture yeah, of her Yeah, I'll later. tell you later. Yeah. Um, pictures of me, though, from that night. Like, I'm all smiles. I'm happy. <laughs> and I was, I was drinking a little bit, but, like, not very much. I just, I was just drinking these, uh, like, they had these kind of, like, fruity drinks. I remember there was apple in them. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, drinking, like, a few of those. And I remember thinking, like, I don't feel quite right. Like, there sh- I shouldn't really even feel these at all mm-hmm. like at that point like i was pretty big i was 205 pounds like had a pretty good you know i still had that that young alcohol tolerance yeah like my 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 liver and kidneys were still still at 100 percent functioning capacity yeah and come midnight someone's like oh like birthday shots and i and my in my head i'm like i don't i feel off right now but i haven't drunk that much like i'm calculating it's still at that point fine i'll do some shots of tequila and that's where things terribly went wrong because yeah. <laughs> I do these shots of tequila and then they mixed it with my stomach, which I later found was 151. Yeah. Because they had been spiking my drinks with 151. I don't think they were spiking just They yours. were spiking. No. But, tr- trust me, they were spiking on way heavier than they did everyone else's. I think they were spiking everybody's, but I think you took more shots probably. No. Th- this. Trust me, I found this out. After the fact, okay, that they were like, because one, I was the pledge master, so uh-huh. I, I, I had fucked with them. Oh, so all there was, month. so it was like revenge, and they're like, ha, fucking payback, and they also knew I didn't drink that much, yeah, and they're, they're like, like ha, we're gonna fucking get this guy, yeah, which was a real dick move because let let the story play out. <laughs> I take those shots, and the tequila mixes with the one fifty one, and I went from like feeling like strangely fucked up to just being. The closest I've ever been to blackout drunk. And I'm immediately like, oh no, something's wrong. And I try to make my way to the to the bathroom. And I'm like knocking on the door. And there's some girl in there. She's like, I'm in here. I'll be a minute. I'm like, I don't have a minute. <laughs> so so next to that bathroom was a washer dryer. Immediately across the hallway. It's like a very small hallway. Yeah. Very narrow highway. I, 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 hallway. I turned around and I puked. On the washing machine. Now, there's an important distinction, right? Like, there's a, there's a big difference between in and on, uh-huh. right? Like, if someone s- says, hey, do you want to get on an airplane? 
I'm like, no, no, no. I want to get in the airplane. Fuck uh-huh. you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not flying from LAX to Denver on on an airplane wing. I didn't get my puke in the washing machine. Yeah. I got it on the washing yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. It was all over. And like after that, like I was conscious, but I, I mean, the rest of the night's a blur. And I remember, I remember like getting back. Like shout out to Kevin now who actually looked out for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was, I was. Really dangerously fucked up. Like, I, that's probably the closest I've ever been to alcohol poisoning. And I remember my, I, I woke up the next day when my alarm went off for, for practice. And, like, I was trying to get up out of bed. Like, it was like a, a, a fight. My body was fighting dehydration <laughs> and alcohol. And I was trying with all my will. And I'm like, I can't make my legs move. And then I just passed out until later that afternoon. And apparently, my my my... Very attractive date was like, where where did Aaron go? What happened? He just abandoned me. It's like, you motherfuckers, you nearly alcohol poisoned me. And that was an epic cock block on my 21st birthday. Fuck you guys. Yeah, it would have been awesome. It was, it was like, that year was a good year. It it would have made that like the the, the cherry on the... Not, on not the, for me. That was not a good year no, for I'm me. No, I'm saying, <laughs> it, had it gone the other way around, had you not been, you know alcohol poisoned <laughs> and you'd be like 21st birthday uh i got laid on it drank a but you know it would have been cool uh, that sucks um my uh my my worst cock block story i had been friends with this girl since high school like we were pretty pretty like good friends but we were always kind of like there's been there were times where we didn't were more than friends like we would like you know i put my fingers in her that kind of thing Anyhow, we went out like we were we were living in the Lancer house on what was that street where we all lived in the house together? Olive. 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 We were in the Olive house and she and I went on a date and during that during me and that girl were out, um, there was like a some kind of Lancer party. Maybe not a party, but it was just like a normal week. You know, Lancer house was almost always some kind of shit going on. Whether it was a party or not, there was always people there drinking. So I don't know if it was like a party going on, but there was definitely some social shit going on. And uh, I don't know. Should I drop his name? I'm going to drop his name. So if he hears this podcast, he knows that I'm fucking calling him out for this enormous cock block he's performed to me. So Eric Leiser, during the course of this party... He, he performed on you or to no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> he, he got like he got like super, super hammered during this whatever it was, party or whatever. Uh-huh. And he decided to go to sleep in my in my bed, in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like coming back from this date with this girl. And like I'm, I'm, I know... I know I'm going to get some. Like, yeah. I just know I'm going to get some. In my mind, I'm like, it's going to happen. Yeah. Go back to my room, find him asleep on my bed. I'm like, dude, get out of my bed. I got, you know, you got to leave. You got to leave. He's like, dude, just give me like five more minutes. I'm just taking a nap, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, okay, I'm going <laughs> to give you five more fucking minutes. And then I'm going to come in and, and take you out of the room. What does he do? Uh, he locks himself in my room. Oh, my God. So now I can't even get into my room to like... I'm like, I'm not going to, I mean, this, she was a friend of mine. I'm not going to, uh, our first time boning, I'm not going to bone her in the hallway or at this, like, you know, it's disrespectful shit like that. Um, wow. But yeah, he totally cock blocked me. There's, you know what? There's only one way he could have done you dirty even worse. How? If, if he's like, just give me five more minutes. And then, and then there's like semen on my pillow when yeah, I go back in there. Yeah. No, he, he leaves, but it's just, just piss all over your bed piss or shit or like a used rubber right on top of my bed dude you're you're nicer than i am by a mile because if he was like just give me five more minutes i'm like you have five more seconds and you can either get up or i'm dragging you out by your ankle motherfucker you gotta, get but out of my bed yeah i i would have but you gotta remember that dude's six foot 75 inches tall so i was there's no way i was gonna do that dude, and you could have asserted your alphaness and made the sex even that much hotter like just and then do what no, just like she sees you just drag out a six foot nine oh, guy by his god, fucking ankle. Yeah. She's like, "Oh my god, he's so tough and masculine." Yeah, yeah, that motherfucker. I don't know if I ever told him that. I don't know if I ever told him that story of him cock blocking me. I, I'm sure I did. I'm positive. I told him about him and made him feel kind of dumb. Dude, I also might have kicked down the door at that point. And people are like, "Jeff, you're breaking stuff around the house all the time." It's like, you know what? <laughs> I was I was definitely pushed into breaking things at times. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Some walls, some doors, some of the. Uh, that would have only been the second door I broke down. Yeah, <laughs> in in the house, in the house. Um, some of the answers on Reddit. Uh, user ACDQNZ writes: I was just chatting with a girl in night in a nightclub, making jokes. Doing well when Kelly, 
Crudley, TSN pundit and retired NHL goalie, uh, literally just stood in between us, just enough room to fit his frame, and said hello to the girl who looked visibly confused and turned around and said, hey, you're, said you're done, and turned his back to me. I was fairly drunk and half his size, recognized him immediately, so I was a mix of offended and starstruck. I just slinked away. Damn, you got cock-blocked by a, a hockey player. That sucks. That's when you get to just, like, mime throwing the gloves down and be like, all right, buddy. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. Is what that would be the worst feeling? Like you go with some chick to some fucking you know to the whatever a club or mm-hmm. or a bar and hanging out like a date, and some fucking pro athlete just fucking decides like I'm gonna steal your chick. <laughs> that suck, dude. Fight me for it, bro. <laughs> I'm not that big either. User international bedroom says back when I was 18, just out of high school, uh, was with this woman who I knew from high school who asked me to go back her go back with her to her place, and she was not subtle about it at all. Friend of mine overheard this and stole her wallet as if he didn't score, no one scored. Spent two hours looking for the wallet until she rang her sister to take her home. After, he hands me the wallet and winks saying, better luck next time. Looking back, probably one of the biggest turning points of my life as it showed me what kind of person he was. That's not a cock block. That's just that you don't want him as your friend. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Like taking a wallet and like just like, you know, leaving you out in the drive for two hours. That's dick. Let's do one more. Uno mas. Yeah, they're, they're, all these are long. Everyone has a story, just like you and I had a story. <laughs> Last one, user Gabber Double Z writes, Me as an 18-year-old near uh, as damn it virgin playing Dungeons & Dragons with my group of friends aged 18 to 23. Okay. Uh, I started to get on really well with this 23-year-old single neighbor who was part of the gaming group. After a few gaming sessions, she got cold on me, and the insecure me just passed it off as another rejection. A few years later, my best mate, who was the DN- who was the dungeon master, told me he'd warned her of me as she would have eaten me alive, and I didn't deserve that. Damn it, I wanted to be eaten alive by her. What the fuck? Ever, and, I'm, and I'm 50 now. He's That's funny. terrible. I would still be angry about that. I would take that to my grave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime you get cock-blocked or something like that, like... It never goes away. How do you like? Like, uh, like I, I would be dying on my deathbed, and I would just be whispering. Uh, and they're like, "What? What are you trying to say?" Can, like, can you? I could have banged a half elf mage. <laughs> here, here, here's I got, I got a question for you. How how can one how can one who cock blocked you like make it right? Like how can they ever make it right? How can they reconcile? Yeah, like that? law of equivalent exchange, Mondo. That, that's how alchemy works, and that's that is how cock blocking works. If they cock block you, they need to get you a equally hot girl and and facilitate that via Hot, wingmanship. Hotter, hotter, or something. Yeah, it's got to be like yeah, it's got to be like a barter, like not a barter, but it's got to be like a good deal. Like I lost in this deal, in business or whatever. You got to make it right. You fuck. Hint, hint, laser. Yeah. <laughs> via being a wingman, you've got you got to make up for the cock blocking yeah. by exceptional wingmanship. He know he and I he and I have gone to like restaurants and stuff like that and and, and 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 like hung out and stuff and he he has charm for sure but he's anyway I'm not gonna throw him more under the bus <laughs> this became like a, a talking shit about I'm not, I'm not oh believe that. me there's plenty of things I would like to say yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna keep those to myself yeah 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 Reddit question number two you fart. And out of your asshole emerges the, emerges the crap genie. He he grants you the ability to shit out an object of your choosing instead of the shit for the rest of the life of your life. Mm-hmm. Only it can't be money. So what do you choose instead? Immediately, this is one I saw like way down in the comment section, and it was too perfect. I'm like, no, no, that's exactly what I want. Uh, so you so you know the little strips of paper that come in fortune cookies. Uh-huh. <laughs> what I want to be able to do is is say I forget how they phrase it, but they're like "dear butthole" and then ask it a question, uh-huh. and then the next day you you poop out a little slip that has an answer to the question. Ah, like a like a like a dear what's that dear Abby or whatever like the yeah. So so basically you can like predict the future. You can answer uh, mysterious questions, whatever you want, via little fortune cookie slips in your butthole. Dang. I'd be I'd be rich. That's a yeah. Good one. You could just be, be like, who, who's gonna win, uh, Cyril Gan or Francis Ngannou? And then like, and then it tells you, and you're like, okay, bet so, in the house. So you'd have to, so you'd have to ask it like on a because the fights are Saturday. Yeah. I'm thinking of logistics for some reason. Fights are on a Saturday. Yeah, you just ask it the week, you know, you, sometime the week before. Yeah. Okay. Because it takes the next day of shit for 
for <laughs> you get to that to the answer. Maybe maybe a little bit quicker if you use a suppository. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. My answer would be, and it's kind of gross sounding, but but hear me out. If I can shit like good food out of my butt, <laughs> I would never have to like cook. I would just be like you're just self-recycling. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 you know, like, uh, I don't know. The other day I had a, a really good mm-hmm. uh, elk uh, soup with a with a gyro, right? Elk sausage. Elk sausage soup with with a gyro, and if I ate that and I shat out like a different dish, but it was like it was like it tasted good, smelled good, and it was. Can you control what dish you're shitting out, or does it just come out randomly? You can't help it. Hmm. No, it's like a mystery. It's like a mystery dish. It's like a, but it's always like. But just imagine, it's always like t- if it was if it was like top shelf, like Mich- five star Michelin, like and it still has all all. Here's the thing: is it going to be something that like could easily come out? Because it has to still come out of your butt. So if yeah. you're shitting out like chicken bones and stuff, you're going to have a, a, a rough mm. time plating that meal. Good, 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 good. Uh, you're right. Um, what if it just came out? What if it just came out like? Wait, wait, I just I just had an image of you with like like a chef's hat and everything, <laughs> just like squatting over a plate, uh-huh. being like, yep. "There's the side, yep. oh, yep. this course, oh. hell yeah, dude!" I would open up a restaurant and it'd just be called Armando's Poo. It'd just be the, the like the most gourmet food ever. But yeah, you know, outside of the actual logistics of that, may, maybe it came out like as a goo, and then it it little by little it hard. Oh, I know. It, it 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 comes out like uh like sea monkeys like you have to add water to it like like it comes out in like pellets or something and you 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 hydrate it with your piss sure yeah you hydrate it with water <laughs> fluid yeah you can use pp uh so you poo little pellets and then you use, you you flour it with pp and then it grows into like the dish like kfc or something i don't know but uh, but always good food like this, always, this, this sounds appetizing and also completely disgusting at the like, same time. Huh, <laughs> like, huh. I, I don't know if I could get over the mental block of uh, like I mean eating Armando poo. If you were hungry and you smell it and it smells like the best food and you know it's gonna taste amazing, like you know it's gonna be like, I wanted it like. The, the whole time, I would be scared that this is some sort of trick by the genie. We're like, that's how I'm perceiving it in my mind, but I'm actually just he's eating eat, poop. He's just eating your regular <laughs> shit. Uh, so that was my answer. Uh, Red, uh, Reddit users answers. User Donkey's Cap writes, Alexa, what's the softest rare metal? Yeah, a lot of people were talking about like gold and diamonds. Like, I think you people are missing the fact that it has to come out of your butthole. <laughs> like, there's some logistical issues with the things you guys are requesting. But user whatever is free. Uh, her answer or his answer is printer ink. Four poops a day, black in the morning, magenta at lunch, cyan at dinner, yellow before bed, and there you go. You got your, your <laughs> printer ink. Yeah, so let's see one more I'm going to read. Uh, user Box writes, I'm thinking pearls, small, valuable, I'm assuming non-toxic. Ooh, I like this one. I have to read it. User Handyman underscore dad writes, for shits and giggles, laughing gas. Think of... That's actually brilliant phrasing. Yeah, yeah. Shits, get and, shits and giggles. Uh-huh. Laughing gas. And it's coming out of your butt. That guy's that guy's intelligent. I, if I did, if I was a Reddit user, I would upvote that answer. That one got my my. Uh, I mean, guys already kind of laugh when each other when other guys fart. I laugh and when anybody farts. That's just gonna take you to the next level. I laugh when anybody farts. It doesn't have to be another guy. It could be a girl. I don't give a shit. Um, that was it for the world of Reddit. We are now going to move into the world of. New on Netflix. Aaron, what show are we going to be talking about? This week, we're reviewing Wolf Like Me, a romantic comedy slash drama slash fantasy show on the Peacock Network. Now, you're probably like, cool, but what the F is the Peacock Network? Is it like Animal Planet? Is Wolf Like Me about two wolves falling in love? Or maybe Peacock is a new Pornhub competitor, and Wolf Like Me is about two furries who love water sports. (laughs) I made myself laugh with that one. Nope. Uh, Peacock is actually NBC's streaming platform, and Wolf Like Me is about a single father and his emotionally troubled daughter who get into a car accident with a beautiful woman, setting off the most elaborate, is this a deal breaker scenario ever? (laughs) I think that's actually probably a pretty good description of what We actually, tangent here. Is you we when we went I forget when we talked about it and we were and I asked Aaron, Aaron. Actually, we I, we need you to finish the 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 uh, 
the summary for we for us to get into the the when when I asked you and what what our answers were. Anyway, go on, keep reading. Perfect you, interruption. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, uh, Josh Gad plays Gary, a socially awkward but well-meaning father. Gad is best known as the voice of Olaf from Frozen, and it was nice to see him in a more serious, grounded role, and it's also 1,000% believable that he would have to make major concessions to land a girlfriend as hot as Isla Fisher. Uh, Fisher plays Mary, a captivating but manic woman with a mysterious chronic health condition. I think this casting was especially inspired. As you may know, Isla Fisher is married to Sasha Baron Cohen, mm-hmm. who is famous for mockumentaries like Borat and Bruno. Did you ever see Bruno? I saw all of his shit. I even saw some of his Ollie G stuff from back in the day. So ostensibly, Fisher watched her future husband in the guise of a flamboyantly gay Austrian man go on a talk show with a black baby named OJ, who he bought in Africa for an iPod. <laughs> Yeah, and Isla Fisher was like, "Yeah, that's my man." <laughs> I like his humor. Uh, to me, though, the only weird part of her casting in Wolf Like Me is that the show was set in Adelaide, Australia, uh-huh. and Isla Fisher is actually Australian, but for some reason they made her character from Chicago. Yeah, and there were definitely points where like she wasn't quite nailing the American accent. I'm like, why? Why didn't you just make her from Perth or some other place yeah. in Australia? That was a little bit odd. Um, and uh, finally, uh, Ariel Donahue plays Gla- uh, Gad's emotionally scarred daughter, Emma, who is suffering from panic attacks. Now, you might think that playing sullen and emotionally distant would come as naturally to a teenage girl as getting syphilis does to a koala bear. I, I looked at a bunch of Australian animals for like things that they were known for, and apparently wombats take square-shaped, uh, square-shaped poops. Really? So I almost went with that one, but I like the koala syphilis thing better. I don't know if you knew that. Like, like 90% of koala bears have syphilis. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Um, but yeah, anyhow, many child actors can't pull off believable performances, and she does a really great job. So I that was one where it wasn't a performance you noticed as much as Isla Fisher and Josh Gad's, but... For a little girl, too. Talented yeah, as fuck. She did a very good job. And the one place I think the show struggles is its formatting. Wolf Like Me is comprised of six 30-minute episodes, uh, this definitely led to it feeling rushed at points. For example, when Gary learns about uh, Isla Fisher's fantastic and alarming health condition, he's understandably freaked out. But like 10 minutes later, he's completely fine with it. Is this because of character development, a poignant and well-earned moment that changes his perspective? It was more like, eh, we need the plot to move forward. But the show also tackles a lot of heavy themes, including mental illness, chronic illness, parent-child dynamics, trust, and Tinder dating. And due to the format these can often feel underexplored, at least to me. Uh, my only other gripe is I thought the last episode was a little predictable and contrived, but all that show said, the show is carried by captivating performances by its two leads. It gives you plenty of little mysteries and hilarious moments that make you want to watch the next episode. And a huge shout out to the show's post-production manager, Lisa Jacoby. Peacock told her like, we'll give you a big enough budget for two special effects scenes lasting no more than five seconds each. And Lisa really made the most of those scenes. So overall, I think Wolf Like Me is well worth watching. I give it 7 out of 10 stars. I liked it a lot more than Aaron did. I've only seen Josh Gad uh, prior to this in comedic roles. I've seen him in a couple of comedies. And he basically has always played like this same kind of sappy, schlubby, but funny character. Like he's never you know, been in a lead character. He played the funny snowman. He played yeah. Gaston's funny, but I think he was gay in uh, the live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Le Feu. Um, and, and, yeah, so I know him as a comedic actor, mm-hmm. and the first thing that I noticed was, like, the dude can fucking act outside of just, like, comedic stuff. Like, he, there, you know, there's definitely, like, those, like, soft and tender moments between, like, him and... Uh, Mary, the Isla Fisher character, or even him and his daughter, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, dude, this guy's got some acting chops, like for real. And and I already knew he knew how to sing. You know, he has that little singing bit. Um, so I was impressed by him. Well, he, sure. he also one of his biggest breaks was he he played one of the elders in Book of Mormon, which is a musical. So he you know he had whole songs where he had to sing. Um, yeah. But yeah, he I agree, he was great. I mean, and his role overall was more serious. He there was some. Definitely comedic moments with him, but it was like the dramatic performance that uh, really 
brought me out. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Isla Fisher, hot as fuck still. Um, and but she does a good job act, acting as well. Mm-hmm. I, watching it, the the watching the first maybe two three episodes, it like had me really like strongly hooked. Like I just had to watch the next one. I had to watch the next one. I had to watch the next one. So I kind of knew something was up. Like I I kind of you, you you get from the title that something is up, and you can, if you're smart enough, you're like okay, I know what's gonna happen. You kind of see it coming, but you want to like you want to like get there. And how do they get there? How do the characters react? And all this—it was really good to watch that that kind of. Well, yeah, and for the most part, the way the characters react was completely realistic and believable to an unbelievable, fantastical situation, which was cool to see that kind of more grounded approach. So, without like ruining it, it's it's pretty. I don't know, like I said, it's pretty easy to figure it out. But without ruining the big kind of reveal, Aaron and I. We'd, we'd ask, like, is this a deal breaker? Like, and so we both heard each other's responses, and I forgot what, how we, how did we answer? I don't remember. Oh, hell no. Oh. If it was Isla Fisher, no, certainly not. <laughs> I, I think I said yes, but I can't remember what else I said about it, but for sure I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I figured it out, you know. Yeah, I got, it got, got funnier. But oh, to be clear, I said, hell no, it's not a deal breaker. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's like, it's Isla Fisher. Yeah. I mean, she, she, uh, she feels like an absolute uh, bundle of joy in all the movies we've watched her in. And again, the one thing I'm disappointed at is they just didn't let her be Australian. Her Australian accent is so sexy. Yeah. And they made her try to have a dumb American accent. I like, can't remember. I can't say I've ever heard her natural uh, Australian whatever. Her natural Australian whatever? Yeah. Her voice. Her, her oh, accent, okay. No, her. I thought you were talking about something else. Um, yeah, it's listen to an interview. She, I mean, you, you know what Australians sound like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That like, imagine her Good speaking day, with buddy. that accent. That that was perfect. <laughs> I'm like, Mondo, where'd you go? Foster's Australian for beer. There's a Mexican Australian here for a second. Oh, oh, Mondo, you're back. Okay. You want to know? You want to know the other one? Put another shirt on the Bobby, mate. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're a natural thespian, sir. Yeah, dude. I'm fucking awesome. I'm a great Australian. Uh, I'll do voice. I'll do cameos in an extra Australian accent for the low, low price of five dollars. The the one it, when I, I I can't do an Australian accent for more than like five seconds. But when I when I could, it would be it would be like beer. Foster's Australian for beer. That would kind of get me into it. Beer, beer, beer. There there's a. Uh, this is this is a complete tangent, but um, there there is a YouTube channel called Aussie Man, and he does these reaction videos. Yeah. And like it, sometimes he will do celebrity. I, he, he lands pretty big celebrity interviews because his channel gets a ton of views, and and he'll do these like guess the Aussie slang segments with his uh, his interviewees, and those are pretty funny. I haven't seen those, but I've seen the ones where he's just like watching a you know whatever whatever popular youtube meme memeable uh video is mm-hmm. and he'll talk over it and like he'll he'll like sp- you know put put himself in the role of this character and this character and does the voice of them and 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 you know yeah he's just the fucking jackass he uses a lot of like curse curse uh-huh. words uh, <laughs> oi look at that fucker <laughs> it, it was hilarious where he interviewed chris hemsworth and chris hemsworth only got like half of the australian slack <laughs> um but so so, what was your rating? You didn't give a rating. Your, your oh, my, I dude, I I really for what it was, you know, it was basically a a really long movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The whole thing together was like three hours long. It, they could have done more. There was the ending, how it ended. I had problems with that. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of ended kind of awkwardly. It, yeah, I would have given it a higher rating if they could have landed it a little bit better. Yeah, but it was still for the most part a really good show. I enjoyed it. Oh hell yeah! When we were. Like when we were like prepping and talking about what shows should we watch mm-hmm. so we can have someone to talk about for the show, um, you you pointed out two or three shows, and I I think this is the one I pointed out. And so so on a ten points or ten star rating system, what would you give it? Eight and a half, maybe nine. You know, wow. Where I like I said I liked it a little bit more okay. than, than you did. Oh, I definitely liked it. I just and and I would certainly recommend it, particularly with how short it is. Uh-huh. I just felt for me. Some of those problems I mentioned, the, the ending probably being the biggest of them all, it knocked it down to a seven. Seven's good, man. Seven's I, well worth watching. I I think uh, I think it's good enough where I would I would watch it again. Like I would watch. Oh that, wow, okay. That because it's so short and, and it was nice and easy to. It was like I said, like if I it, like if you ever have the patience to watch a really long movie, you could mm-hmm. fucking binge the entire thing. So oh, sure. There are days where like I want to watch a movie and I just can't find something to watch. It, 
it really just made me want to see more things with Isla Fisher. In <laughs> she's yeah, the main she's, one. She's hot. She's hot for sure. But this was also like a role where she could get more into because the ones I remember from, from they're all sort of like dumb comedy movies where she also didn't get to flex her acting chops. I mean, uh-huh. do you remember the first time I saw her was in the Wedding Crashers? Yes, I think that's that might be the only time I've seen her. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, she was funny in that, but it was a very one-dimensional character. Yeah. So this this is a little bit more nuanced where she got to be kind of. You know, kind of crazy hot, but also then has some depth. And uh, yeah, I want to see her more stuff. Netflix, get on it. Cast her, cast her in, in a show where she gets to have an Australian accent. Do it. Make yeah. it happen. Yeah. That was it for the episode for the most part. But uh, maybe we want to talk about this weekend. So the reason we're live and streaming live on a Monday instead of a Sunday is because Aaron and I and his folks went to a, like a like a Airbnb in Grand Lake. I was supposed to have, you know, gotten there like in two and a half hours, but we both, Aaron and I got traffic. So it took us closer to four hours to get out there on Friday night. And on Saturday, you know, we went on a nice fucking hike in the snow, fucking ate shit. We have some things that we, <laughs> I don't know if Aaron's going to post these things, these things we did. Um, oh wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to post it. Let me, let me just describe the one. Cause we, we went on a hike <laughs> through the snow which was crazy because I've never I've never walked on snow like this. It was firm enough where sometimes you could actually walk on the top of the snow, like Legolas and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but like every like fifth step, one of your feet would just sink completely through it. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a crapshoot. But we're like we're walking through the snow on this hike, and and I was I was joking about like ooh I should like walk out into the snow and using my footsteps like trace like a giant like deck in the snow. Mm-hmm. And then Mondo's like, "Oh, I'm actually doing this." <laughs> so he starts he starts walking out, and then of course my my dog my dog was Man. with us, and I didn't have him on a leash. So like he starts running over to where Armando is, and we're like, "Oh no, he's gonna ruin the the whole dick drawing." Yeah. Except that it's so it worked out where Finn runs to Armando like when he's right at the tip of the penis. <laughs> yeah. So like his his little trail of footprints meet up with Armando's bigger one and then Finn walks right back in the path of the dick that Armando's drawn so at the end it just looks like a dick pissing <laughs> yeah it looks like a dick peeing thanks Finn's fucking footprints Finn contributing to to higher art it was yeah. amazing yeah. it was it was a collaborative effort I, I tried to do like a much bigger dick but like I I got so fucking tired like cause you know you're trying to like keep your I try to keep my legs close enough together so it would make like a solid line I was doing dick art. Come on, give me some credit. And uh, yeah, about halfway through the dickhead, I was like, oh no, I'm tired. I'm coming back and fuck the dickhead. is going to be smaller. I don't care. The dick is going to be smaller than I wanted to. And then Finn comes and makes the little pee-pee mark so it looked kind of yeah. cool. The, the dick Armando drew was a little bit misshapen. Oh. <laughs> Just, so that, yeah. That, that guy is going to have maybe some self-esteem uh, issues. That but, di- that dick is not a representation of my penis. Okay, thank God. Because uh, maybe Armando thinks that's what dicks look like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not drawn to scale. <laughs> Jesus Christ! If it was drawn to scale, that would be a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, it, I don't know how you'd get in and out of a door. Oh no! It was it was it was probably the it was probably as tall as me. If you if you can imagine me drawing a, a giant dick in the snow as tall as me, um, and then then later in the hike. Like as we're walking, I go, "Ooh, ooh, good I, I got an idea." And I, so what I did was I, I, I took a, I took a jump, and midair I flipped so that where I would land on my back, and then I proceeded to do a snow angel, and then my, but my bright idea was to add a dick to the snow angel, but the thing was it didn't work because the snow was too soft and it didn't allow me to. To reshape the dick in the in the but so, but I had a good idea it just didn't work. So basically, what we're trying to tell you was we hiked through this pristine like <laughs> valley where there was freshly fallen snow. There were these uh, aspen trees like growing out. It was beautiful for sure. It was picturesque, and, very. And what went through our minds is we should draw dicks. <laughs> How do we defile this beautiful nature? I mean, Finn was making yellow snow here and there, and he was eating other animals' yellow snow, fucking gross ass dog. But uh, well, yeah, we had it was it was fun. It was very scenic. Uh, I want to go back up there uh, on um, on Sunday, and I went had uh, you know 
lunch before we came back and the rest restaurants there are pretty cool a lot of cool little bars there actually are some breweries there like brew pubs and then on the way out i forget the name of the city but on the way out there was a distillery and a couple breweries so that might be something worth checking out like on the way in or something or maybe like do a three-day weekend and then one of those days escaping out to the brewery and to the distillery and hang out there for a little bit we were we were trying to do some ice fishing that didn't work out because there were no guided tours um people were ice fishing but all those people that were doing it absolutely knew what they were doing and there was no way in hell i was gonna be like hmm let me figure this out and then fucking drill a hole through the ice and you know fucking fall in there or something get lost help me help i'm drowning so we didn't do that um but it was fun i'm gonna go back i think i think i'm gonna go back and then just get a giant airbnb and see if uh if your parents and you want to tag along you know what i mean just get like a big four bedroom something sounds good like in may and then and then the water will be fishable and swimmable and just all that other recreational shit that happens in a big summer lake. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder to draw dicks, but we'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll find a way. We'll find, well, there is a, there is a will, there is a way. You, you know, like, remember in Jurassic Park, they're like, nature will find a way. We'll, we'll, we will find a way to we, draw dicks. We will find, how can you draw a dick in the summer? Like, what would you, what would you I think? mean, there's, we got to find some rocks, like maybe some, some sticks, some branches. There's a way, man. Oh, I got an idea. You and your folks were talking about reflecting like solar energy and mm-hmm. and and uh, you know all that stuff with the oh, black, we're going technological with and the black, going, okay with the, with the black ping pong balls. Uh-huh. We gotta find those black ping pong balls and like like somehow make them form the shape of a dick in the middle of the water. And if they you know if they if they tell us, hey, what are you doing? Like we're doing this for science. Okay. We're, we're trying to reflect the sun's uh, energy. We're, we're, we've got a lot of scientific endeavors. We have to find out if a chalk <laughs> dildo would work. Uh-huh. Um, we we have to find out if a vibrator can help cure depression, and we have to figure out. This, so so the, you know I think the first one was a mechanical issue. This one, the second one was a psychological experiment, and now we have to do an engineering experiment yeah. with uh, re, sun reflective. Dick ping pong balls. Yeah, yeah. We'll Put make them. it happen. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, oh, and just, I, I posted that video on our Instagram page, Degenerates Clubhouse. Yeah, so check out our Instagram page so you can see the videos of us being idiots in the middle of the snow. It really was beautiful. I want to go back up there for sure. I don't have anything else to add to this episode. Do you, sir? No, no, I don't. Tune in next week for the exciting episode 69. <laughs> Send us an email or a message or some fucking shit letting us know you're alive, number one, that you're listening to our you know, podcast. And number three, if you have any suggestions on what we should do like as a special for episode 69, like some segment you like or whatever, or, yeah, send us, send us a message. It'd be cool. Um, oh, that's another one. We could do degenerate history about sexual positions. That's got to. It's got to exist somewhere. Yeah, Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra has, is a book of sexual yeah. positions. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks, Greg and Mom and Aaron for chatting, for chatting on our YouTube chat. Um, Twitch coming soon as well. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening to us. We love you guys. Bye bye. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 